The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. All right, Mike, happy, last, happy birthday one last time. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this is yeah. the conclusion of my birthday month. Have you had a good birthday month? It's been as good as it can be for, yeah. for COVID. Actually, you know what's funny is someone actually asked me if birthdays count during COVID. What's your thought on this, Neil? I, I would, yes, they count. You still got older. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like even more so maybe because I, I feel like I got even older. <laughs> oh, I definitely have gotten older just with the amount of work going into this podcast, plus the job and all the stress. I feel like everybody's definitely getting older faster. You can take advantage of the year still. You don't have to sit on the couch like a like a toad for the entire year until someone tells you you can now go to the go to the park again. Um I don't get the whole, this This year doesn't count. No, it counts. <laughs> go go do something with it. I, I'm down to sit on the couch, be a toad. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, I'll, I'll become a toad. <laughs> I thought you were going to become the character toad. Oh, no, I'm going to become the, the X-Men character toad. Oh, not the not the, uh, not the the Nintendo character from the Mushroom Kingdom <laughs> toad. That, that, is that what he sounds like? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. But you meant you meant the uh, the X Men character Toad. That'd be an interesting X Men to uh, to transform into during COVID. If you had to pick one X Men or one X Men power, what would you pick? I do really like Kitty Pride, and I like her ability to just walk through walls because it's okay. kind of like a dumb power, <laughs> but it's it's funny enough to like. I would totally misuse it. Like, are doors that much of a of an inconvenience to you that you need to just skip that part of your day altogether? It would be the best entrances. You know, I'm all about making a great entrance. And an exit. You can also leave quicker. <laughs> oh, that is really true, actually. To just like because you know, leave you know, like when you go to a you know when you go to a party and typically there's people around the door because everyone's always coming and leaving. There's usually a huge pile of coats and shoes. Imagine just being able to leave through the bathroom and no one notices you're gone. That would be very useful. <laughs> you could dine and dash all the time. Oh my god, it'd be fantastic. You could just you'd always be dashing. You know I've always wanted to be dashing. You don't even need to dash because you can just walk. Because you're just going through the wall. It's great. It'd be so much fun. I think if I had to pick an X-Men power, I would obviously have to be Storm. Yeah, controlling the weather would be would be key. Not to like kill people, but to just hmm. you know, make sure that the weather is perfect for whatever you're doing that day. Exactly. Like you would never have to worry about a beach day. You could always drive to work and find weather. And all. And obviously, I would all of a sudden look like Halle Berry. That's true. And yeah. also, you uh, to make you go to sleep easier, you can make it rain. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah, the sound of the weather outside. Yeah, and it would always be like just cold enough. I love that weather when you're wearing jeans and a hoodie at all times, and that's comfortable. It would always be that, but just around me. I want other people to have their summer because that makes people happy, but I would always be in constant fall. I would definitely use those powers for evil as well. I would I would I would make things like if there was like a sporting event that had to go on or something, I'd just be like <laughs> rain for two weeks. Every outdoor concert festival that I don't want to go to yeah. would just be a rain even day. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Jeez, Mike, I have to say, obviously we're through the Christmas season now, so I'm starting to pick away at the chocolate lying around the house. I finally made my way to the mini Toblerone bars. Yeah. Now, you know how I feel about mini versions of foods. Uh, obviously the Oreo Thins, there's Pepsi Minis now, and there's the Reese's the Reese, Minis, yeah. which we've talked about before. 
P companies are always trying to make us eat less for the same amount of money, and it's pissing me off. But the, the mini Toblerones, I'm okay with because they, they managed to keep the taste the same in the little bars. You can have half the bar by yourself, I suppose, or you can eat the whole thing like a real human being. <laughs> they managed to get everything down to a good size. My only issue with the mini Toblerone bar is this. Breaking apart the little triangles is a pain in the ass when they're that small. Yes. So the other night I was eating this mini Toblerone bar, trying to break it with my thumbs, and it wasn't working because they're too small, too close together. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. So instead I decided to try and bite it like it's a regular chocolate bar. This I do not recommend. Here's why. <laughs> okay. you, you, you bite the Toblerone bar, and the piece doesn't just kind of break off and fall into your mouth. It kind of shoots off the Toblerone bar, and it bounces around <laughs> your mouth for a minute like a ninja star. And for a second, I thought I was going to die choking on this this triangle of chocolate, honey, and almond. Tasty bar, but I don't know how to eat the mini ones. Don't know how to eat. I mean, yeah, that is that's actually a really good point because, mm -hmm. I mean, even eating the large ones is tough. Toblerones were just not really meant for eating. They're more they're meant, not meant for to display. <laughs> like honestly, yep. they're, they 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 feel so much better as like a display uh, chocolate than I, than an actual bar. I think the Toblerone bar was actually invented for trivia questions. I have I play a lot of trivia, and I think every game of trivia I've played, I've always found one question about Toblerone bars, like how many triangles are on the standard Toblerone bar. Hmm. What's the Twelve? like? What and I think it's well, you spell out Toblerone. My bar's not in my room. I can't check. So it's what T O B L E R O N E. I think that's about eight or nine letters, okay. and then I think there's two extras on top of that with no letters on them. Hmm. I can't remember now, though. But there was also the question about, you know, what animal is hidden on the logo. Of course, there's a grizzly bear hiding in the mountain there. Yes, that's, so, that's right. Yeah. So I think the Tolbron bar was just made for trivia questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. That that I, li I like to go with that theory. That makes sense Yeah, let's to go me. with that. It is a delicious treat, though, I must say. Yep. Mm -hmm. The mini ones, although I love them, they are difficult to eat. I'm going to keep eating them, though, because if, if I'm going to die by Tolbron, I think that's a good way to go. That's not a bad way to go, mm -hmm. of all ways. Yeah. Now, not as bad as dying in the Resident Evil games now, Mike. I've seen a lot of new footage of Resident Evil 8 and looking pretty good. Looking really good. Resident Evil 8, The Village. And we got a release date for it, May 7th, 2021. Just in time for Halloween. Just in time for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a weird uh, uh, yeah. time to... I mean, but hey, it's Resident Evil. It's Resident Evil. I will take the games when they come. Uh, but you know what actually got me even more excited about the game was Resident Evil Reverse. Have you heard about this, Neil? No, not yet. Tell me about it. So it's for the 25th anniversary of Resident Evil, which alone is crazy to think about that. 96, we talked about the original Resident Evil game on our episode 20-something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It sounds about right. <laughs> and so obviously wanted to talk about it here again. But yeah, Resident Evil Reverse is basically like a multiplayer deathmatch with all the characters from all the, the old games. Oh, cool. Yeah, and you can play, I think, up to eight eight people. Uh, multiplayer you play um, as the heroes of the games i'm guessing not the zombies uh yes yes <laughs> also the villains like uh wesker and um okay uh what's his, what's the other guy's name um, uh i don't i don't know man There's, <laughs> I, know, I know leon kennedy and claire redfield and uh chris hat chris hatfield is the those other are one? all the the well isn't like, leon chris hatfield is a astronaut an astronaut <laughs> chris redfield is the... <laughs> oops that sounds really cool. Is that going to be included with Resident Evil Village? Yes, for free. It will be, I believe it's going to be an update. Uh, so it will be a free update that uh, that will be coming to the game, which is yeah, really, really cool. I love that so much. Unless you're playing the game on uh, Xbox Game Pass, in which case you'll be paying $120 a year to play it. Yes. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a bit of a crazy time this week. Oh well. 
Mike, before we get on with the show, though, I just wanted to read. We have a couple positive reviews. Uh, did you want me to read those before we get started? That's right. They're better. They're more positive than the Xbox. So go yeah, for it. I, uh, let's end this on a positive <laughs> note here. Uh, positive revote. Uh, positive review from Instagram. I forgot to get the name here. My bad. Uh, Instagram. Hey guys, love the show. <laughs> Happy to see two other GTA Canucks out there. BTW. I'm in that like two percent of people, along with Josh, who prefers the world is not enough over Goldeneye. And then he added a face laugh and a rock on uh, little emoji there. I like to think that it, it's Instagram, the platform yeah. that's reviewing us. Yeah, Instagram, the, sen- the sentient, <laughs> the sentient, the sentient being of Instagram, which has now <laughs> taken a life of its own and is stealing all of our information. <laughs> and then on Twitter, we finally got our first ever positive review. Actually, our first ever review at all on Twitter. From, our, first, uh, our first anything. <laughs> <laughs> we have 19 followers over there. Uh, it's by Ubism at Cubism82 um saying loving the podcast great to listen whilst finally getting through Star Fox adventures mm-hmm. just bought the gamecube anthology book due to the recommendation too keep up the good work yeah so where's our commission on that i actually did reach out to them <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i got someone to buy this book that yeah. no one else is buying so right <laughs> It's like, you guys got to have some sort of an affiliate link or something you can throw at us. Right? Exactly. You know, we'd be happy to promote it. Oh, yeah. We're, we already are. <laughs> we, we, we basically promote it every single episode. I don't hear anybody else promoting the game through GameCube Anthology, brought to you by Geeks Line. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 34 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episodes every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcast services. If you haven't already, take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Leave us ratings and reviews to help others find the show. We're the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. Visit thegamecubeiscool.com to check out all the things we've been working on, episodes available to download, read some articles that we wrote and explore our lovely store the website was developed by our very own mike lane that's me that's him last week we covered the conflict desert storm games and medal of honor if you haven't already go back and check it out this week we're covering the x-men games on the gamecube and i guess x-men in general it's a pretty big franchise that we both grew up with if you're a kid from the 2000s x-men was kind of like the avengers of from like 2001 until 2008 with iron man Mike, you yep. must have a lot of X-Men memories. We watch those movies. It's kind of weird to go back to this era now because it's it's campy. It's it's a bit it's definitely a bit campy for sure and it, it feels like the end uh, of the of that superhero era. I'd say maybe Dark Knight and um Iron Man kind of started the new the new wave of superhero yeah. movies. You could argue yeah. Batman Begins as well. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I mean I grew up watching these movies. I grew up watching the TV show. Uh, I think that was the X-Men Evolution, if I remember correctly, Neil. Yep, yep. Uh, I watched that a lot. I actually watched remember the tv show way more than i remember the movies i i i watched uh the first x-men movie uh yesterday to you know get ready for this podcast and it's it's fine it's yep. a good movie like uh there's a lot of parts that i liked about it the acting is actually very good um i was surprised that i i didn't realize that they actually did a really good job with casting and acting mm-hmm. and i as a kid obviously you don't think about that but as an adult that matters to you a lot more and yep. um yeah it was a decent movie but to, honestly i'm not a huge x-men guy like i obviously like the franchise i'm a, i actually really like magneto yeah I, I was always a magneto guy because mm-hmm. uh, you know he's a villain but he's like a villain and you like you could understand his motives definitely and they gave him a way better past once they go to x-men first class you finally get to see kind of what happened to him and why he's such a such a meanie i mean he's yeah. got he's definitely has a good uh 
he's just got a good reason to be mad and to be mean. Yeah. And and he he's guy was for, in Auschwitz. Yeah, right? Like I think if you had the power to like like your entire family was killed by Nazis, I think you would probably hate humanity as well. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't I don't I don't blame him. Um mm-hmm. I, I do I love that you brought up first class because I do love that movie. I that's I'd say easily my favorite X Men movie. Um, Days of Future Past also very good. very good. Um, I, I love like the beginning of that, but I think my problem with X-Men, the franchise just as a whole is there's just a huge oversaturation yeah. uh, of it. And also the fact that they, they, I did speak about how good the casting was in the first movie, but they can't really quite get that casting down ever since then. They, they often swap people in, um, cause it's just such a huge cast, obviously, but yeah. then you can make the argument that Avengers and Marvel in general has really killed it because they've gotten all these actors for like 10 year contracts right. uh, to be in every single iteration of these movies where X-Men was always a bit, you know, kind of loose with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the X-Men movies had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, I, yeah. I remember the first two X-Men movies, I don't have as big of a soft spot for. I wasn't so much into them back then. I was really into the Batman movies and the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, X-Men just felt different. By the way, the first X-Men film, the the Manor is a film that Casa Loma in Toronto. Oh, which is, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. That's really yeah. cool. Pretty fun fact. Just like the huh. podcast, straight from Toronto. Straight from Casaloma. <laughs> straight from Casaloma, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was definitely like the end of a different era for superheroes. I definitely see what you're saying there. And the video games tied in were just as just as cheesy. And we could have tied these in with the movie tie-in episode of our show, but we thought that, hey, let's do an X-Men episode all to its own. I really think that the franchise hit its stride finally in 2000 and. 10 with x-men yeah. first class i think that's when that 11 movie came 10 out. 11 yeah yeah we were just finishing up high school i think when it was like oh x-men's back because it felt like it took a few years off there where there were those weird wolverine oh movies and <laughs> mess yeah a little bit but huge shout out to hugh jackman of course who yeah. was wolverine from start to finish up until logan which is probably not technically an x-men film but is a very good movie just on its own so huge huge shout out to hugh jackman who just you know throughout the entire franchise he never really seemed to outwardly complain about being wolverine i'm sure he had i'm <laughs> he sure had he had days. many times that he could have for sure definitely but he always you know he's always seemed to be a pretty good guy about the whole thing and like he went to all the you know fan expos and comic cons and did the uh did the interviews and he got insanely jacked for the role unlike when we see later with certain superhero movies like ben affleck just bitching about being batman almost from the get-go uh well, just because he wasn't good and the movie wasn't good <laughs> yeah but i mean like he, uh, the x-men films too like were i see always... what you're saying like wolf like the wolverine series was really bad um mm-hmm. and and hugh jackman could have easily just distanced himself from the character and yeah and the whole so yeah you're totally right yeah he 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 stuck it out He also gave the character a little bit more of a personality to work with. I think when you go back to some of the old X-Men comics and even some of the video games we're going to talk about today, Wolverine is just like this really weird guy, bub. Like he's just (laughs) always mad and really grizzled. But like Hugh Jackman came in and gave him a little bit more of a personality and you kind of felt like he was a bit more human. He talked like an actual person would talk. Unlike the way Wolverine talks in some of these games, which the voice acting is somewhat questionable at best. So yeah, I guess now is probably a good time to jump into maybe just a quick overview of X-Men. It started in 1963. Uh, of course, the original characters, you had like Beast, Archangel, Cyclops, Iceman, and Jean Grey, Professor X and Magneto. They were all in the original cast. But today we're going to be talking more about the more up-to-date cast that most people know about with, you know, Wolverine being there, Cyclops, Storm, Kitty Pride, who you mentioned, Mike, and of course, Apocalypse. Uh, one thing I didn't know about X-Men, just... Uh, 
about the franchise is that Wolverine, who's probably my favorite X-Men of the whole series, wasn't created until 1974, which hmm. is 11 years after the series started. So there was a long gap of time where this character didn't exist in X-Men, and I did not know that. It's kind of cool that they got Hugh Jackman for this role mm -hmm. because he was a stage actor. He was a dancer. Uh, yeah. He was singer. He was, yeah, singer. He he was like, you know, not really known at the time. And that's a pretty big risk, especially because they, they made Wolverine the kind of hero in the in the series, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, yep. The anti-hero almost sometimes. But um, yeah, no, I just I start, I just wanted to, to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. He was basically like the Iron Man of the X-Men movies. Like the whole story really took place around him. Yeah, and, just... and also similar casting. Casting Robert Downey Jr., huge risk mm -hmm. uh, when yeah. they casted him. He was basically, basically his career was done. Yeah, and you said up front about how the movie was so well casted and how they're going to have a hard time doing it, doing it again. They're going to have to do it again because Marvel bought Fox and now mm -hmm. they're definitely going to reboot X-Men. So look forward yep. to seeing X-Men on the big screen again in the next five to ten years. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, Neil, yeah. I do have a question for you. Okay. Um, and we're going to ask our guest, Harrison, who's going to be coming on the show as well. We'll ask him this. But what are your top five X-Men? Top five X-Men. Okay, that's a tough question. It uh, is. Yeah, I'll I have can to go say... first if you want. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. So, to, to, to make it easier on you, give you a little bit of time to think. Thank you. Um, my top five are Magneto, of course. I love him. Okay. Uh, Storm, as we talked about before, controlling the weather, becoming Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Becoming Halle Berry. <laughs> Detroit, become Halle Berry. Uh, Colossus. Um, nice. I always like Colossus, uh, the Russian, you know, cool Russian accent and mm -hmm. just be able to throw sh all the time. <laughs> right. Uh, um, and... I'd say Nightcrawler, hmm. Nightcrawler as well is. Okay. I always thought Nightcrawler was a cool, had a cool backstory and was a cool hero. Uh, being, I think he's Mystique's son. Is that how it works? Yes, I think so. There, there's a whole bunch of weird yeah. kids and timelines, and how there's Havoc, the character from the early X Men, who is actually Cyclops' brother. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, those are those are my top five. It's a very good list. I'm just making up my list right now too. I think that's probably good. These are the guys that come to mind for me. Number one would be Wolverine. I, I love mostly the Hugh Jackman Wolverine, but of course, yeah, he, he can heal. He can live like forever. He's got the claws, which are super cool. There's just this game where you play as like you start as Spider-Man and then you play as Wolverine and then Cyclops and then Gambit. You just play each level as a different X-Men and it's a it's just a 2D action beat em up fighter game. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that that was my introduction to the series. I'm not as big on the comics. I have never read an X-Men comic personally. Mm hmm. But yeah, Wolverine is definitely who I who I grew up with. He's in the movies and everything. Number two being Storm, of course. I said course. Storm would be the power that I would want. She's super cool, can control the weather. Love that. Professor X is really cool. Just, I don't know. He's like the, the leader of it all. Patrick Stewart is just a god. And, oh, so good in that role. And I, you know, I said Wolverine as uh, Hugh Jackman being such a great character for his role throughout the entire like 15 years of X-Men. Patrick Stewart also has to get a huge shout out because he was in the first X-Men and Logan. He also did a whole bunch of voice acting for the games we're going to be talking about today. So he definitely yes. put his work in too for the, this franchise. He did. I also really love Gambit. Yeah, Gambit's a, uh, you know what? I, I'm going to put that on mine too, Gambit. I forgot Hon about Gambit. <laughs> an honorable mention or are you going to take somebody out there? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put it as an honorable mention. Gambit's yeah. so cool and I wish Gambit would get a movie. Oh my god, it'd be so cool. He was in X-Men 3? No. The Wolverine movie. What's the Wolverine Wolverine Origins? 
don't know. Which which one? There's the Wolverine. There's Wolverine Origins. And Wolverine the, Origins. The Wolverine yeah. is the one where he goes to Japan. Yeah. And then there's Wolverine Origins, which is the one where they ruin Deadpool. Yes. It's that one. And they yeah. put Gambit in there briefly, and he's got a stick and his cards and everything. Oh, yeah, that's right. Super cool character when he's done right. but Yes. He was supposed to get a movie, I think, with Channing Tatum a few years ago, but that never happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the canceled projects. Yep. Eh, probably for the best. And then my, my fifth favorite X-Men is Magneto. Yeah, of course. How... Yeah cool is magneto i love Just, eric yes oh my god and e- sir ian mckellen also oh, killing it as always mm-hmm. all right mike i think it's about time we dived into some of these gamecube games what do you think yeah let's 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 dive into them we can talk about x-men forever obviously uh, uh i did want to say one thing about the movies uh, last stand was the most expensive movie ever made at the time really yes which i thought was really interesting uh yeah so that kind of gives you a, a sense of how big these movies were in mm-hmm. the 2000s and kind of how all in Marvel was going uh, mm-hmm. and 20th, well, technically it wasn't Marvel, but mm-hmm. we can get to that. It was mostly 20th, 20th Century Fox. Right. But um, yeah, so uh, pretty crazy. And it's wild. one more cool fact, the Donner Company, who produced almost all the X-Men movies along with 20, uh, 20th Century Fox, is run by Richard Donner, who you may know f- uh, from directing the first uh, super, uh, Superman films. Oh, okay, cool. He's basically the godfather of superhero movies. And nice. so he directed or he produced all these X-Men movies as well. So Cool. Yeah. All right. Nice. Thank you so much, Richard Donner, for what you have done for uh, for our country. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's jump into X-Men Next Dimensions. But joining us today, we have Harrison Tim joining us. And Harrison, we do have one question for you before you start. Who are your top five X-Men? Top five X Men, okay. Yeah, mm. just just whoever the first ones that come to your mind. Uh, Chris Benoit. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Adrian Brody. Um, <laughs> um, okay, in all in all seriousness, here are my top five: Magneto. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gambit. Okay, good. Colossus. Nice. Kitty Pride. I also picked Kitty Brad. And Wolverine. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, we, we had very similar lists, uh, Neil, you and I. So, uh, very nice. Yeah, none of us, clearly none of us read the comics. Like, none of us <laughs> picked, like, some weird characters from one issue. We all picked the ones that are in every single movie, every single video game, every single anything. I think Kitty Pride is kind of like a, a, a rogue pick. Kind of. Uh, she's referenced in a Weezer song, so she's pretty mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, we, we are here to talk about, of course, X-Men Next Dimension, which features some of those characters. Yep. Uh, <laughs> X-Men Next Dimensions was released on October 15th, 2002, developed by Paradox Development. That's weird to say. Published by Activision, uh, also on PlayStation 2 and Xbox. It's only about $10 today. Rates about a 3 out of 5. It's a fighting game, of course. A 3D fighter, much like the Dragon Ball Z games. Or any of like the any fighter game in a 3D space. I don't know what else to compare it to. But yeah, you play as all the X Men. You fight each other. You fight each other. And Harrison, obviously, you have experience with this game. Just walk us through that for a second. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm a big fan of games very similar to uh, Marvel Marvel vs. Capcom, uh, Soul Calibur, Street Fighter, those type of games. And I'm also a fan of of X Men as well too. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember going to rogers video of course renting this game and just enjoying the whole arcade version of it i know there is a a story mode and whatnot but you know being able to pick you know characters like we mentioned like wolverine magneto 
um, Beast, Gambit, you know, list goes on and just being able to, you know, fight against other X-Men characters as well, too. I, qu- mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that type of uh, that type of game. So now, Harrison, I, pl- I played uh, Marvel Nemesis Rise of the Imperfects, which is similar gameplay style, but not X-Men only. But it did have Magneto in it. And do you find Magneto fun to play as in a fighter? No, I don't find Magneto as fun to play with. I think Magneto, see, in my opinion, Magneto is the best comic book villain of all time, hands down. Yeah. Hmm. But wow. But in terms of like actually playing as him in these games, he's not as cool. Yeah, that's actually a really good point, Neil. Like to just bring that up, the fact that like Magneto is such a cool character, but he never gets the justice he deserves, like for his powers when it comes to games. Well, it's hard to play as him because he just manipulates the environment. So, like, he'd be fun to play as maybe in a VR game, I would think. That'd be Ooh, kind of neat. But Magneto VR. Yeah, but, <laughs> that'd be really cool. Yeah, that'd be so much fun. What the hell? But I just thought of that now. Um, but, yeah, playing as him in, in, like, a fighter where all you can do is kind of pick up metal things and throw them is not all that fun. Like, it's just not, to me at least. But, yeah, like, you want to play as somebody that has some some uh, melee abilities or some weapons, some knives, some guns. Like, Wolverine is perfect in these yeah. types of games. But, like, playing as Professor X in a fighter makes no sense. But, again, <laughs> Patrick Stewart in this game, of course. Can you play as Patrick Stewart? <laughs> Are you playing not, not as <laughs> Professor X, but as Patrick Stewart? <laughs> as old man Patrick Stewart. Has he been old his entire life? You can play as him after you unlock Adrian Brody. <laughs> <laughs> That's the final character. The final X-Men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm with you in the in the fact that, you know, I like the Magneto where in the comics, you know, he was able to rip someone apart because he removed the iron from their body. Like that's yes. that's what that's what I want to do in the games, but it, it just doesn't happen. Did you actually? You said you rented this from Blockbuster Video. Did uh, you no, get Rogers in... Video. Please, Neil. Rogers Video. Sorry, Rogers <laughs> Video. You were a Rogers kid. Okay. It was closer. It was Got closer it. to our house. <laughs> yeah, that that was the only thing that people. No one's actually loyal to a video rental place. It's just closer <laughs> to the house. Closest. <laughs> it's, it's because. Just just in case you have to bring back something late, you know, you there's a better chance that you'll get <laughs> yeah. there on time. A hundred percent. Of course. <laughs> but did you actually like the, with the story, was it good to, at the time or was it just like you just like playing a beat em up kind of fighter game? Yeah, it was more just the, the beat em up type that I, I really enjoyed. You know, I didn't really care about the the story, no nor was I really looking into into the story to be quite honest. This was what when did this come out, this game? Two thousand two. The X-Men movies were kind of coming out around then. You had uh, the first one had already come out and then the second mm-hmm. one I believe was going to come out in 2003, so the next year. Yep. So it definitely was uh yeah, like X-Men was in in full force. They had that TV show as well too, uh X-Men Evolution. I don't know if you remember watching that. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yep. I actually arguably that's what I remember the most about X-Men is not the movies. Uh I don't remember the three movies that well. It's mostly X-Men Evolution that I kind of like have my all my X-Men lore from. Mhm. Yeah, most of mine's from X-Men the animated series, the the old 90s one. Nice. Yes, that one is actually very good as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what a lot of people might not know is if you played Next Dimensions only on GameCube, uh, it's actually the third installment of the PS1 franchise called X-Men Mutant Academy, which is, again, a fighter. So this is actually the third game in a trilogy, but I don't know, Harrison, did you play those ones on PS1? I don't think that the story really continued or anything. I think you could kind of continue on and just play it on its own if you really wanted to. And uh, it's also a part of a comic series called Operation Zero Tolerance. Uh, I'm not super familiar, though, with X-Men comics. I didn't read any of those when I was young. I was more just into Spider-Man and Batman, mostly. 
Yeah, I never really got into the, um, I would say more of like the newer comics per se, or like the those kind of storylines. I knew like kind of like the, the lore of X-Men and like, like what, like all the history and all the characters and, you know, what made up the comics and, and everything behind it. But I never played like number one or number two either. I guess technically, this is to my knowledge that this is number three. I just thought it was X-Men Next Dimension. So, <laughs> yeah, this is the new uh, it was for the new consoles at the time, right? That had just come out, like PlayStation 2 and uh, GameCube. And 3D fighters were becoming just this huge... They were, with 3D technology being as big as it was with the PlayStation and now going into GameCube and PlayStation 2, we were getting a whole bunch of 3D fighter games, the Dragon Ball series being one of the biggest things on the planet. Even to this day, it's still oh yeah very, very popular. Uh, mixing in with the 2D games, with Street Fighter still being around and Mortal Kombat and Marvel versus Capcom. I think that it's just like anything else. There's just too much of a certain genre of games and... I I don't know. I don't think this game had the goal of becoming a competitive fighter, but I think it definitely got buried in games. Mm. Like it also got compared to a game called Dead or Alive, which is a Japanese 3D 3D fighter made by Team Ninja, which is very popular even to this day. So when it's being compared to something that's doing everything better, it's tough to kind of make it through unless you're just trying to appeal to people who are into the X-Men movie and cartoon. Mm. Uh, but I do have to say there are a lot of playable characters in uh, Dimension. It's There's like probably the largest of any game, uh, any X-Men game. You got Bastion, Beast, Betsy, Bishop, Blob, Cyclops. You can tell I'm reading these in uh, alphabetical order. <laughs> Dark Phoenix, Forge, <laughs> Havoc, Juggernaut. Uh, a couple of ones that I've never even heard of, uh, like uh, Lady Deathstrike uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Psylocke. Never heard of those ones. And Sentinel no. A and B. Harrison, I'm more of a Sentinel B guy. How about you? <laughs> well, I was uh, I was gonna say I was more of a Sentinel C fan, but uh, the Sentinel C does not exist. Oh. So I, I, I'm gonna say Sentinel A just to be the the devil's advocate. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta be contrarian here. Yeah. <laughs> Sentinel C's early work was my favorite. <laughs> uh, Harrison, in this game, was there a character that you really enjoyed playing as? That was your main. Mm, probably gambit mm. uh i would say gambit is is one of my like as i, I mentioned he's in my top five but just the ability to to throw you know cards. playing cards at people and they explode <laughs> is, is just fantastic i also like the gambit is cajun always cool to see a cajun superhero is yeah, he french that... he, he's like yeah he's from new, uh, new orleans he's cajun oh okay yeah, french french cajun yeah yeah okay yeah. see that was the best thing about x-men and what i really liked about them is that all of them come from you know different walks of life you know different backgrounds you know genders uh races religions x-men even was very woke it was mm-hmm. you know it's, it <laughs> it takes was, yeah it takes inspiration from like the holocaust the civil rights movement like it's it's really well done and i think it's a great comic um, yeah it always x-men compared to other comic books uh and like writing at the time always felt very progressive compared to 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 others i i always enjoyed x-men for that standpoint mm-hmm. like you said a lot of like just very diverse cast of characters that you really can't find anywhere else like you think of like justice league and i don't know justice league is like it's justice league whatever but uh, <laughs> x-men was always such a like everyone came from such a different background i'm not just talking about race and things like that but just the the whole idea that everyone was very different you never mm-hmm. had like two people who did, could do the same thing and what I liked about X-Men as well, too, is that 
it's not like the Justice League where everyone in the Justice League is like top tier. Like every like yeah. X Men, there's like a lot of like mixture. Like they obviously do better as a as a team than than individuals. Like obviously you have like your Wolverine spinoff and whatnot. But think about it. Like you put like Jubilee in there. I know she's not in any of the games. Or like Jubilee and like you know Gambit. I don't think they could have their own standalone kind of kind of stuff. No. Like they need the team. Yeah, and X Men is always very much like very collaborative, very team based, and. Uh almost opposite of the Avengers, uh, I find. Uh, Avengers is a team in name only. It, it really is the individuals more than anything else, as we saw with Marvel Civil War, or um, Avengers uh, Civil War, Captain America Civil War, sorry. I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm diverging from the, the, the topic. Now we're talking about Civil War, here <laughs> we go. I'm sorry, okay. that uh, Captain America's team was so bad. And then Iron Man's over here with like all he's got Spider Man on his team. Come on. Yeah, he had uh yeah, Iron Man, War Machine, Black Panther, uh, I guess Black Widow, Vision, or WandaVision as it goes by now. And uh and Spider Man. Yeah, and Vision is sick. Vision as a character is such an awesome character. So where was Bernie Sanders on that scene? Yeah, Bernie Sanders would definitely be on that team. Uh, we we know that uh, sitting down. <laughs> yeah, in his in his mittens, in his warm, comfy mittens. <laughs> So, but I did want to talk about the story. So, Neil, what is the story in this game? No, it's a hell of a plot, but it's X-Men versus... <laughs> Mike, it's one hell of a plot down here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got X-Men, you got Magneto doing his his hijinks off to the side. There's Sentinels attacking the, the castle, which, of course, we found out was Casaloma in Toronto. Uh, X-Men got a fight and uh, saved the day. Yeah, did you know that, Harrison? That the, the mansion in the movies is Casaloma? No, I didn't know that. The uh, fun fact that I found out today from Neil. There you go. The uh, <laughs> Castle Loma. I did an escape room in Castle Loma one time. You clearly got out. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I did not escape. I'm actually still in it right now. That's where I'm recording <laughs> this. The podcast. Is where I'm recording it. <laughs> nice of them to give you a podcast booth. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not bad. They feed me, you know, once a day. <laughs> oh, that's that's more than enough. Uh, uh, all right, guys, should should I uh, t- read the back of the case here? I think you should. Let's do it. Uh, all right, X Men Next Dimension. Their power is unlimited. Their battles are unbelievable. Mega mutants. Choose from twenty four favorite X Men characters, including four secret ones. Fight in epic superhero showdowns, smashing your way across huge three D levels, taking on twenty four of your favorite X Men characters. There are no boundaries to your battles. No barriers to hold you back. It's massive superhero which they TM'd Warfare, and you won't believe the power you have. Sorry, they TM'd Superhero? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's massive Superhero TM Warfare. Okay. I don't think you can do that. <laughs> oh, pretty sure that trademark's not applicable. Nope. Um, <laughs> Harrison, I do have one question before you leave. Mm-hmm. Again, thank you so much for coming on. Are you a blue and yellow Wolverine guy or a gray and black Wolverine guy? Oh, blue and yellow. Gotta go. Mm. Gotta go. Classic. Yeah. The yeah, uh, me too. I was yeah. also thrown off in X Men Evolution when he actually had the black and orange. That was a little weird, but yeah, that's right. He did. That was a bit of a weird look. Yeah, I'm. I'm always. I love that. That the the blue and yellow look. I think it's so good. And I think when they eventually make new X Men movies, I'm really hoping they bring that back as the costume. I I hope so too. I hope so too. Also, my my last thing I want to say is. One of my favorite Magneto moments ever was when he uh, found out Red Skull obviously was working for the Nazis. So he just put him in a hole and closed it and said, see, it never. 
<laughs> see, see, Magneto does some good sometimes. Yeah, he's great. Love Magneto. Again, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of Magneto. We said that um, earlier in the episode that Neil and I we get it. We we understand why Magneto's the way he is. It makes sense. Anyways, thank you so much, Harrison, for coming on the show, and we will see you, I'm sure, very soon again, probably to talk about Dragon Ball. Cool. Amazing. Sounds good, guys. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. What a nice young man. What a nice young man. Thank you so much, Harrison, for coming on and talking about Next Dimension, which is a pretty cool game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do I do want to pick that up and play it one time. Yeah, it looks interesting. It's just it's the most different from the games that we're going to be talking about today. It's just this random uh, 3D fighter that uh, had a story and everything. Kind of reminded me a lot of uh, that DC game. What was it called? Uh, in- in- Injustice? Yeah, Injustice. Yeah. yeah, it is similar to that. The same kind of fighting mechanics. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably pick that one up. I don't see that one in game stores enough, though. No. Anyway, moving on to X-Men 2 Wolverine's Revenge was released on April 14th, 2003, developed by Genepool Software. It's published by Activision. It's also on PS2, Xbox, Game Boy Advance, and Windows. It's around $15 today. Rates about a 2 out of 5, which is probably being generous, and it would be considered a 3D beat-em-up game. Yeah, and this is too bad because X-Men, like X2... So that, I mean, we're going to go into titles here pretty soon. <laughs> here we but go. X2, X2 is the official movie name and was never actually marketed as X-Men 2. Uh, so everything was always X2. So, oh. uh, And I believe Wolverine's Revenge was actually one of the subtitles that they were going to use for the film. Okay. Scrapped it and put it for the game. And yikes, this game is not great. Uh, it's It tries to be... You know, it, it's it's very much a movie tie-in, mm-hmm. uh, but it kind of eschews most of the plot, very much like Spider-Man Two, and that's mostly because they didn't get uh, the plot like beforehand. Is, right. But that's what you're telling me on when we did the Spider-Man games is um, the the developers really didn't get the plot until maybe six months before the movie went out. Yeah, this game definitely feels like something that was 80 percent done, and then they finally got the source material for <laughs> X two, and then fit it all in to the point where Hugh Jackman's likeness is used on the cover, and not in the cutscenes, but then in the actual game itself, they use the classic Wolverine you think of when you think of Wolverine. Even the voice is not Hugh Jackman's voice. No. So they had all of this game and story ready. The story was written completely by a comic book writer by the name of Larry Hama. Uh, you know, did a decent enough job to make a standalone story with what he had but it was definitely a movie tie-in cash grab game which is Mm -hmm. fine and at the time how when this game come out 2003 we would have been i would have been nine at the time and this would have been a game right up neil's alley i played a bunch of movie tie-in games superhero games specifically like fantastic four of course i think we all yeah and as a kid you have nothing to compare it to and you love the movie you love the characters so you're gonna play it I was addicted to Fantastic Four when I played that. And if I went back to it now, I'm sure it's a piece of trash. (laughs) So it's hard to tell, you know, with rose-tinted glasses, how good a game actually is going back to it now. I'm sure there's going to be listeners who absolutely love these games. But looking at them as a critical eye who's never played them before, do you want to just get into how the game looks gameplay-wise and everything? Well, I do you know who voices Wolverine? Uh, Yes, I do. It is Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mark Hamill. Which is, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, to, if you don't, if you can't get Hugh Jackman, getting Mark Hamill is a pretty good uh, second place. You can hear him. Like you, you can hear it when you're <laughs> yeah, listening yeah. to Wolverine talk. It sounds like a mix of Joker and Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and Patrick Stewart, of course, came back. He narrates the game and he yes. voices Professor X. So again, just like in Next Dimension, Patrick Stewart came back again to help out with this game. So yeah, a good cast of voice actors for this one. It's just the game. Always, yeah. The game 
physically, I guess, didn't quite hit right. Yeah, and so in the game, you obviously, like you said, you play as Wolverine. Uh, you are going to the Canadian Fortress, Weapon X. Uh, and this this brings me to another question, Neil. Is Wolverine the greatest Canadian superhero? Probably. I mean, if, unless you count Deadpool now, is Deadpool technically Canadian? Thanks to Ryan Reynolds. I, I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think. Okay. I think you have to actually be be from Canada. So. Fair enough. Then yes, definitely Wolverine. <laughs> and I've heard it said that Hugh Jackman is the greatest. What is it? Greatest Australian playing a Canadian who everyone thinks is American. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> definitely mimics the look and feel of the film. Um, in a not. I mean, the graphics are fine. They're not terrible. Uh, there was actually a version of the game that was released on the Game Boy Advance yep. that got really good reviews. I was going to say, I bet these games are all great on Game Boy Advance. <laughs> yeah, and we talked about this with another game, and I forget which uh, which it game. It was Scor- Scorpion King. It was Scorpion King, right. Yeah, and yeah. so this is another one of these, those versions where the the uh, GameCube ones, they scored about around sixes out of mm-hmm. six out of tens for the most part, and the Game Boy Advance one scored closer to eight out of ten. And again, I think that's kind of one of those things where someone just like the developer for Game Boy Advance was obviously different and they probably got almost nothing to go off of. So they're like, okay, let's just make our own game. No, they thought, let's just make those games on the SNES that were awesome. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what they did. These games are SNES games. It's like, okay, we don't have a story to go by. Let's just make a five to eight hour experience on the Game Boy Advance. That's just an yeah. action beat up where you're playing as Wolverine. We don't have to make him look like Hugh Jackman and we don't have to give him a voice because the system doesn't have that capability to do. Yep. So yeah, these games are going to be dope and even the spider-man games were all great like they're all just 2d action fighters so i can see it being good and actually the game boy advance version was released as a twin pack bundle with the spider-man mysterio's menace in 2005 oh so i haven't played either of those games but i'm sure they're actually both pretty good (laughs) and actually fun another fun fact about spider-man with this game is that all versions of wolverine's revenge except the game boy advance versions you collect these dog tags in the game Mm-hmm. And if you collect all the dog tags, you unlock a secret ending uh, in which at the very end, Wolverine uh, fights or nearly kills Spider-Man. And you have like this little scene between Wolverine and Spider-Man. And then it, it, it ends again after that. I think they were probably trying to tease some kind of a sequel that never happened. It's probably one of my favorite, like uh, favorite little Easter eggs that I've mm-hmm. ever seen in the game. When I saw when I did research for that. And saw the the video of it. I was like, "Wow, this this would have I would have gone nuts if yeah. I was a kid," <laughs> and and this was my reward for collecting all these stupid dog tags. <laughs> yeah. I probably wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have known about this ending until years later when YouTube I know, came right? around, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love I love um I think still my favorite appearance of Wolverine in anything is in Ultimate Spider Man when he randomly yeah. fights Venom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's and it wasn't so cool. Wasn't on the cover. Wasn't a part of the marketing material just no. in the game yeah and, and it's a good fight like mm-hmm. it's a fun fight and yep. because when you're when you're spider-man against wolverine it feels a little i don't know it feels a little strange mm-hmm. but when it's when it's venom against wolverine it's like let's go yeah <laughs> wolverine fighting like a colossus just feels better like wolverine yeah. fighting the hulk fighting like the thing or something or venom it's just it just works especially when he's fighting almost like an anti kind of hero mm-hmm. you know like what is like venom is just venom is venom he's not out for anyone right except himself and wolverine is too to a certain point exactly yeah which makes it very interesting and it's mm-hmm. like okay this is i can get behind this yeah because it makes wolverine look too much like a villain if he's fighting uh spider-man it doesn't look not a good look yeah yeah but yeah, yeah the game i mean it's a little bit clunky uh there's like random stealth mechanics uh the visuals are fairly bland um, the difficulty settings are very 
like the high setting is very unforgiving and then the very easy one is too easy as most of as most of these kind of quick games were at the time Mm -hmm. and there was also limited checkpoints in the game which was another issue back games like this this is before the autosave feature was invented so Mm -hmm. if you didn't make it to the end of the level you're restarting that thing i gotta say one one bit of praise is i really like the simplicity of the hud uh for this time huds were just so packed with with stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> often you'll, you'd have like the gamecube controls on there you know you did you'd, you'd always have like at least one gamecube button yep. on the screen yeah. yes. <laughs> at all times <laughs> to show you what to do for yeah. the entire game mm-hmm. uh and so i gotta give them credit that it, all it is is just wolverine's face and his reactions mm-hmm. when something's happening like what he's looking like right now mm-hmm. Um, because it is a third-person game, so you can't see his face, obviously. Right. Uh, and showing his health, showing his stamina. So I, I got to give them credit for just making a simple HUD when everyone else was making these crazy, complicated ones. Yeah, I love, in video games, interesting uses of the health bar. Like, uh, yeah, I, I'm yeah. actually thinking of another Wolverine game. It's on Xbox 360, PS3. It might have been on Wii, but it was called uh, Wolverine Origins is the game i think i have it here by my desk but wolverine's health i remember i don't think there was a health bar on screen but if wolverine like his skin gets ripped off as you die so if too much of his skeleton gets exposed you die basically but that's how they show the health yeah and like he obviously heals so your health regenerates but if you're in a fight and too much of his body gets hacked off you die really interesting one another one is dead space like with the health on your back as a light yeah i love that just if you can take the health bar off the as not being a bar on the bottom of the screen and have it somehow incorporated on the character i i love that it's a really fun project like a challenge a ux Mm -hmm. uh, challenge to 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 like nicely display health and uh because it's one of those things that you're never going to get like perfect you're never going to find like the perfect way to do it. And uh, so I do like when games take take risks and, and do something like uh, Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Wolverine Origins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So before we move on to the next game on our list, did you want me to read the back of the case? Sure. Let's uh, let's see how edgy this one is. Oh, it's uh, going to be pretty edgy. I can't wait. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Prepare to meet your makers. Mm. Decades ago, a secret organization brainwashed you and implanted a virtually unbreakable adamantium skeleton into your body. Now is Wolverine, the X-Men's most dangerous weapon. You've discovered you are, al- you are also implanted with a deadly virus that will kill you within the next 48 hours, unless the antidote is found. Your future at risk. You must return to confront your past at the sinister Weapon X facility. Time is running out, and so is your life. That's, that's one of the few cases I think I've seen where it actually talks directly to you. Hmm. Like, yeah. you know, in the sense of it's like, you are this. like Because uh, usually it's like, you play as Wolverine. Yeah. Um, right? Hmm. Good point. Yeah, it's putting you in the shoes of uh, Hugh Jackman here. <laughs> also on the back of the case, I love this. It says X2 only in theaters. And on the ba- and below that, it says Baskin Robbins offer inside. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that offer is still good. Ooh, who knows? It's got a Baskin Robbins right near my house. I should give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> X2 is actually a really good movie. That's probably the best of the trilogy. I couldn't. I, I, you said you watched X1 last night. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember anything from X2. Is that the one when they go to... It's Wolverine going to the, the facility. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to... I watched X3 the most for some reason. It's like the worst one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a... Okay. All right. Let's talk about the game then. X3, also called X-Men The Official Game, uh, was released on May 16th, 2006. This one was developed by Hypnos Entertainment, published by Activision. It's also on Xbox, PS2, Game Boy Advance, DS, Windows, and Xbox 360. They really wanted you to play this game. <laughs> uh, it's around $10 today, rates about a 2 out of 5, and it's another beat-em-up. 
Okay, Neil, let's uh, let's just settle this. Okay. Because I got a lot to say about this name. And only the name. I don't oh. care about the game. Oh, okay. I just <laughs> I just want to talk about the naming. It's bad. So like I like I said earlier, X-Men and naming has never been their strong suit. Uh, as we know from the Wolverine movies, because there's Wolver- there's the Wolverine, there's Wolverine Origins, you know. Logan. Anyways, <laughs> Logan. <laughs> Anyways, so X-Men, the official game. I spent about two hours researching this game, Whoa, name, and okay. this is why everything is so confusing. You spent more so. time researching the game than they spent developing it. <laughs> <laughs> so the game is set between X1 and X2. No, X2 and X3. Oh, sorry, X2 and X3. It bridges the gap between X2 and X3. That's right. And also, X3, not a real name either. Not, uh, it's, it's never, it was never actually called X3. It's just the marketing team used X3 as, okay. as the name to, but apparently people in the, like the X-Men Marvel organization did not like the name X3. So there was okay. a lot of battle there. Hmm. Um, that's why it's just called The Last Stand. Oh. Uh, the okay. actual movie. The Last Stand is also a Arnold Schwarzenegger film from the year 2012. That's true. Uh, a lot of this actually had to do with the fact that Triple X, the movie, was out as well. Uh, okay. And so they wanted to distance themselves from this R-rated kind of uh, title. And, of course, BMX Triple X was also out at this time. <laughs> of course. <laughs> this is a movie tie-in in name only. It really literally does not have anything to do with the actual X3 movie. Uh, and that is mostly because of the Nightcrawler incident that we right. have here. Mm-hmm. Now... Nightcrawler, as we know, one of my favorites, top five. Sure. He is played and uh, by Alan Cumming, a uh, great actor. And you're probably asking, Nightcrawler didn't come back in X3, right? Mm-hmm. He was in X2. And a lot of people probably wondered, you know, what happened? And clearly this was kind of a wedged in storyline in the game to explain people about his disappearance from the mansion. But this is why, Neil. Okay. So Alan Cumming, uh, he hated putting on all this prosthetic makeup as Nightcrawler. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, obviously, as you know what Nightcrawler looks like. Yeah. Uh, but he did initially plan to return for uh, X3, but the studio felt that his part was going to be so small and they would have spent so much money and so much time on makeup and getting him ready that he ended up just being cut. <laughs> and so, and so wow. then because they did that, they had done this quite late in the process. And so that was the reason that the game had this wedged in storyline hmm. of, of Nightcrawler basically the, explaining his disappearance Got uh, it. from the movie. So that is the story right there. They never really explain in the movie why he's not there, right? I'm they try- don't yeah. because it's too late because it was too late in the process. They couldn't rewrite the script. he was supposed to be near the end. Okay. In the final fight when they're on the island. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. They gave Kitty Pride a little bit more to do, I think, in that. That's probably why. Because she has a similar power to Nightcrawler. He can sort of teleport where he wants to go and she can run through walls, which was useful, you know, fighting the juggernaut, <laughs> yeah. I guess, you know, stealing the kid from that room. Yeah. Yep. I suppose so. That's too bad. I, I did like Nightcrawler. It would have been cool to see him. He could have had his own movie too. He yeah. definitely could have. I think, um, I mean, who knows what... If things had gone differently, he, he maybe uh, could have if he was actually in this movie for more. But... Don't worry, Mike. Disney will give him his own show. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, he is not in the movie, but he is in the game. Mm-hmm. And Neil, what did you find out about X-Men, the official game? Yeah, well, the it, movie, the X- game. The official <laughs> 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 oh, I hate the stupid name. DX. So bad. Funky mode. <laughs> well, I mean, the game is, I mean, it's a cheap movie tie-in again. Uh, you got Hugh Jackman actually voicing the character this time around. Alan Cumming is voice acting Nightcrawler in the game. Sean Ashmore playing Iceman. Patrick Stewart as Professor X. 
Tyler Main and Eric Dane are also in the game voicing their characters. So they got the actual movie cast in the game. I was a little bit confused by the game, which was, you know, a little bit of a chunky beat em up game. Not very, not a lot of uh, uh, combos you can do. It just looked very tight, rigid, just not fun to play. And then in between each level was just these awkward cutscenes yep. of photos of the characters <laughs> that kind of looked dreamy, like they were trying to be comic booky, but not. And, yeah. and then there's overacting by Hugh Jackman, who probably didn't have much to work on, just had to basically scream his lines and talk very dramatically, <laughs> which was not the character he was playing in the movies. No, especially not this one. No, but I mean, yeah, it, it was uh, one interesting thing about the game, though, is that uh, along with most other Activision published games from this era, it has been since delisted and removed from all digital storefronts. And that was just like uh, Spider-Man 2. Just like Spider-Man 2 and pretty much all the Spider-Man games yeah. uh, as of seven years ago on January 1st, 2014. So if you wanted to buy this game or play this game, you pretty much have to pick it up uh, on eBay or play a, an emulator. This is one of those situations where I would say an emulator is totally fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Do you want me to read the back of the case before we move on to a franchise that actually matters? <laughs> yes. Let's do that. Okay, cool. This one is for X-Men, the official game. Master the power of the X-Men. Unleash the fury of Wolverine. The speed of Iceman and the agility of Nightcrawler as you battle through events leading up to the feature film X-Men The Last Stand. There you go. All right, Mike, let's move on to a franchise that really mattered in the mid-2000s for X-Men and superhero games. Let's talk about X-Men Legends both 1 and 2. Now, X-Men Legends 1 was released on September 21st, 2004. Uh, it was developed by Raven Software, published by Activision. It's also on PS2, Xbox, and Mike, it's on the N-Gage. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, finally. Oh, that's why it's uh, so good. That, that That's the version we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> Priced at about 35 bucks, It rates about a 4 out of 5. It pretty much 8s to 9s across the board. Oh, this yeah. is an action RPG. It was followed very closely by its sequel, X-Men Legends 2, Rise of Apocalypse, was released exactly one year later on September 20th, 2005. Again, developed by Raven with the help of Supervillain Studios. Published again by Activision. It's on all the same consoles. This time they added Game Boy Advance, Windows, and mobile phones. Engage is still there. Engage is still there. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they knew where their butter bread was buttered. <laughs> uh, priced at around thirty-five dollars. Again, rates the same. Four out of five. And it is another action RPG. If I had to guess, these games were developed at exactly the same time. They just cut them in half and then polished up the second game and released it exactly one year later. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would guess the same thing, which would make sense at this time. Yeah, but Raven Software did very good justice to X-Men. Uh, of course, Raven Software founded in 1990. They were acquired by Activision in 1997. Nowadays, they're just making Call of Duty games with Infinity Ward. But they still exist, which is probably oh, one yeah. of the few developers that we've talked about on this show that actually still exists today in the same name. The same name. I mean, they are just, they're making, they're stuck in Call of Duty dungeons making those games yeah, now. Yeah, still, still. too bad they're not making the... At least they're still around. I see. I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike, uh, yeah. Almost unlike every the... single developer. <laughs> unlike Acclaim, they're still around. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, after they were acquired by Activision, as most developers do, they left and they started a, a studio called Human Head Studios. I couldn't find much about them. But uh, Raven, very well known for creating uh, the Hexen series, uh, the Star Wars Jedi Academy series, which mm -hmm. are on GameCube, X-Men Legends, of course, and uh, the sort of spiritual successor to X-Men Legends, which was Ultimate Alliance. And finally, they're, they're making Call of Duty games now. But uh, yeah, X-Men Legends was an interesting game. It was kind of like the Diablo of consoles at the time. There wasn't much like this on the GameCube, X-Men Legends. No, no. and like, it, it, it's a really good game. 
I I have never played this game, but I have heard so many people talk about X-Men Legends and say how it's one of the best games they've ever played, superhero or not, just a, a really good game. Uh, I've always, I've never seen anyone talk bad about it, and so I was really excited to talk about it for this episode and do some research on it. And I, I was watching it, yeah, the gameplay, and yeah, it looks very good. It's definitely got that distinct RPG feeling, yeah, um, and like kind of Final Fantasy feeling uh, about it. But you know, it's it's all with the X Men characters, uh, and oh man, like it, it's there's so much strategy to be put into place while you're yep. playing this. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. Uh, the the cutscenes are interesting. Every like it, there's nothing about this game that would make me get bored no and they went with that cell shaded look which at the time was smart cell shading was the way to go at this time hard to tell then but now if you go back to a cell shaded game very easy to go back to the graphics age very nicely but uh, you can you can play as one of 15 x-men characters yeah, you switch big thing yeah you switch between characters on the fly which as you said mike adds a lot of strategy to it because you want to have a tank on the field you want to have someone who's a bit more nimble and combative someone like a range attacker and you switch between each character fighting against bad guys and it's very much a, a button mashy game you're, you're just running through levels fighting hordes of enemies but yeah, just a really fun experience that I didn't know about this franchise until way later when I went back to start collecting for the GameCube. I jumped in on this type of game with Ultimate Alliance, mm-hmm. which pulled me in when I bought my PSP. And they advertised Ultimate Alliance, this game that you could play as all the Marvel characters. Now, again, this is before we've seen all the Marvel characters on screen before with uh, with Avengers. So I, I saw this game where you can play as Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, the Hulk, the Thing, everybody on screen at once. And then it was on PSP. And it's so much fun. Like, you, you can unlock characters and play as them. And, and you're right, the strategy. I, I was always playing as Spider-Man, of course, because I'm a Spider-Man <laughs> fanboy. But, uh, yeah, finding out that there was this X-Men game now on GameCube and PS2, of course, that didn't tie into the movies, which was a smart move. Because <laughs> yes. if they had tied this into the movies, we probably would be talking very differently about this game. What I kind of compare it to is Hit and Run. That's okay. like That's like the one thing that really stands out for me. For it. it feels like it's Marvel's hit and run at this time. Hmm. It, you know, clearly was a lot of love and patience was put into this game. A lot of money was probably put into this game. You had a ton of actual X-Men writers and Marvel writers who were on this. And Stan Lee actually consulted uh, for, yep. for the, the game as well. Just a lot of polish. You know, it feels like this. most of these games at this time, especially superhero games, were being put out and just churned out most of the time. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have that same kind of polish that other games have and now have. Mm -hmm. This game really feels complete the same way Hit and Run does. Hit and Run feels like it was a labor of love Mm -hmm. that probably will never be able to be done again just because of lots of different reasons. But (laughs) kind of the same with Mm -hmm. X-Men. Legends, it really feels like they kind of put all their eggs in one basket and they're like, let's mm-hmm. make this game good. Let's mm-hmm. let's make something different. Let's not tie it with movies. Let's tie it with the comics. Let's make an original story. Mm-hmm. Let's let's uh, you know, let's make it like a focus on the team. Uh, the co-project lead for Raven, Patrick Lippo, his whole thing was that they wanted to make it like Final Fantasy. That was their biggest uh, motivator. More of a turn based kind of game. Yeah, but they didn't want it to be obviously a clone. And they also wanted to focus on the team aspect Mm-hmm. of it and that really shows with with uh with legends you know like you said the fact that you have to know your team very well mm-hmm. in terms of figuring out what they should be doing at that moment in time who would be the best person to use at this time 
um, you know, almost like a, almost like thinking like a baseball lineup, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, or just uh, anything. Like any a Final kind of Fantasy strategy. team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like a Final Fantasy team, but I feel that this was even more so. And the writers of the game knew that too. Like you said, they hired actual Marvel writers. Their team was actually called Man of Action. They consisted of Duncan Rulo, Joe Casey, Joe Kelly, and Stephen T. Siegel, also with Stanley Consulting. And uh, these guys, they had the character designs already. They even had the characters that were added to the game outside of the comic book series. The main girl in the story named Magma, they had this character outside of comics and video games yeah, that they just that's didn't... that's the thing, that they, they created a new, exactly. an actual new character for this. They didn't know what to do with her, so they thought, okay, here's this sort of blank slate character that would be great to, to put into a video game where people sort of don't know this character, they're just going to play as her and then have this totally new X-Men experience on the GameCube, and it worked out really well. They made this script that was like 500 pages long, so they, they had a lot of content for the characters mm-hmm. to work with. And it just came together so beautifully. Of course, got to throw in the fact that Patrick Stewart was the character for Professor X. So he showed his face again, again, showing just great compassion for the franchise and just super motivated to help out whenever he could. So that kind of tied it into the movies a little bit, but it didn't take it take you out of it too much. No, no, never did. It, it, and even the costumes too, even like the, like you said, the character designs, they feel like it very much feels like the comic book mm-hmm. rather than the movies. And this, you know... I said it, it's very much like a hit and run. It's also very much like an ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, the same kind of cell shading. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the the fact that you're it's clearly based on comics rather than movies while these movies were still being put out at the time, which is a risky venture, right? Mm-hmm. One thing about the plot of the game that I think is getting a little bit tired, and I hope that they don't do it when they, when they do eventually reboot the X-Men series, I hope that they really think about what to do in terms of villains and, and plot and everything. Because this game, again, it's the X-Men against the Brotherhood with Magneto. Magneto's on the cover. He's the bad guy of the game, of course. Now, the next game, X-Men Legends 2, uh, it's Apocalypse is there, which they did in the movies as well. But I think at this point in time, uh, X-Men fans were probably starting to get a little worn out of the Magneto plot. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and the Wolverine plot also. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of escaping from a facility. Yeah, I mean they're they're good to, they're good against each other. Magneto who can uh, control metal, Wolverine being all metal. It made sense, but obviously the directors of this game they had a vision in mind when they first started it. They wanted to make two games, which they did. I don't think they wanted to make a third one. It seemed like that when they made Ultimate Alliance, that was really what they were going for was to make a more all-around Marvel game, which they did yeah. very well. There's now three Ultimate Alliance games, the newest one being on Switch like like 8 years later after the franchise was seemingly dead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there are negatives to the to the first game at least. Um I, I in my research I found a lot of players found it to be too diff, uh, too the difficulty level to be too easy that the game was just, you know, not a lot of variety in the combat again it's a very button mashy game it's also kind of hard to tell what's going on on screen sometimes because there's so much going on with explosions and light beams and all the characters doing their thing i'm sure you know frame rate glitches and everything while jumping was an issue but still just something that wasn't really a console thing like on this is very much like a diablo game where everyone's working together towards fighting a a common enemy which wasn't common on consoles. It is now, but at the mm-hmm. time, this was this was our Diablo. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, you can see the inspiration definitely that it would have taken. These games basically created an entire new genre of uh, top-down superhero games. Like, yeah. and, and playing together too, which the multiplayer aspect of the yeah. game where you can get three friends together and, all right, Mike, you're going to be Wolverine. I'm going to be Cyclops. Uh, you know, Dan's going to be Jean Grey today. Love you, Dan. And, <laughs> uh, and then you can play together and, and just have this multiplayer shared experience where you're going through the campaign, which that was fairly new at the time too. At this time, most multiplayer was just like the throwaway. Yep. 
Yeah, the, that's kind of the last thing you make, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might have just been a cart a cart racer in this game. If this was, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? One thing I do have to say is uh, for voice actors, Ed Asner plays the healer in this game, and you may know Ed Asner as the voice and likeness uh, for the old man in Up. Oh no way! Yeah. Oh yeah. cool. That's a good voice. And this would have been just before Up, right? Because 2005 was Apocalypse 2 and Up was 2007? Uh, something like that. Yeah. 2008, 2009. Uh, great, great voice. Love it. And uh, I mean, with uh, Legends 2 just kind of bleeding into yeah. Rise of Apocalypse now, 2005, we're really starting to get into the point where superhero movies, we we're almost seeing the first wave of superhero fatigue. Now, even though the Marvel movies weren't out yet, Iron Man hadn't been made, there was this kind of uh, tiredness, I think, of superhero films because we were starting to get some really not good films. Like we had, <laughs> we had Daredevil, we had the Ghost Rider films, which I enjoyed as a kid, but they weren't good films. Spider-Man 3 was a bit of a flop. The X-Men films were starting to go downhill. And in 2005, there were, uh, there were other Marvel games released this year. There was also Incredible Hulk, Ultimate Destruction, Ultimate Spider-Man came out in 2005, the Fantastic Four game came out, and Legends 2. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot, definitely like um, uh, oversaturation, which I kind of mentioned earlier with X-Men in general Mm -hmm. uh, that has happened. It was definitely taking full force in 2005. And this is in that pre-Disney era, which is nice. It was just nice. That's just to kind of go back this week and and look at the the Marvel era before Disney bought it. It was a different time that you just can't quite describe to people these days. Things weren't planned, you know, everything in the the Disney (laughs) universe is so planned. (laughs) Yeah, it's so like meticulously thought out. Their entire like ten year vision mm-hmm. with with Marvel, you know, as chaotic as they were and as chaotic as Twentieth Century Fox was too, like they just did whatever mm-hmm. and they sold off rights to th- people like Sony with Spider Man. You know, it just was a kind of a wild west. Yeah, Uni- of, Universal uh, has the Hulk, Fox has X Men and the Fantastic Four. It was really weird and and, and it's kind of funny because like DC was the opposite of that time. DC kind of had their act together. Uh, they were figuring out, you know, like they had really good um, TV shows very highly acclaimed with the Batman, the animated series right. and Batman beyond. And then obviously, just Batman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just Batman. <laughs> uh, also the super like justice league, you know, mm-hmm. was, was like all the, all their TV shows were very well done yeah. and a lot of effort put into them. The Marvel ones were l- much less so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it definitely felt like DC had their act together way more than Marvel did. Uh, and then now it's kind of the opposite. So it's funny how, uh, how time changes. Yeah. And Mike, I know you love movies that don't do the same thing all the time. That's what, what your biggest issue with Marvel films is that it's the mm-hmm. Marvel, uh, the Marvel equation or formula, but, yeah. uh, with X-Men, it, it was, you know, there were how many X, three X-Men films, two standalone Wolverine films, the three reboot films, and then Logan, they're all very different. You don't feel like you're watching the same movie again and again and again. So even though they weren't as good, sometimes the the plot wasn't very strong or the acting wasn't the best other than Hugh Jackman, obviously. <laughs> uh, they were at least not the same cutout movie every yeah. time, which was They nice. were always trying to do something different, mm-hmm. which I, yeah, I, I can definitely appreciate that uh, for mm-hmm. until Days of Future Past. Everything past that other than Logan is just uh, just hot garbage. Well, there was, yeah, there was only Days of Future's Past and then the Apocalypse movie and then Logan. And Dark Phoenix. Oh, right. Yeah. Did you see, see that movie? Uh, no, but yeah. I, I I was told to definitely not watch that. But yeah, uh, anyways, Legends 2. Um, it is basically the same kind of game. Yep. It didn't really get the same appreciation and love that I think Legends 1 gets mm-hmm. kind of in retrospect. Uh, you don't really see people talking about this one as much. But you can play 
as even more characters somehow. <laughs> in this one, uh, you can play as Pyro, and you can play as Toad. You can play as Toad, Neil. As as in Mario's friend. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mike, before we move on to the next set of games, should we cover the back of the cases for both X-Men Legends games? Let's do it. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. Alone, you are mighty. Together, you are legends. That's a quote from Professor Charles Xavier. Magneto has unleashed his most diabolical plan ever. Now, but again. <laughs> now, as <laughs> what will we do? Now, as Earth falls under a shroud of darkness, X-Men TM Legends puts the fate of the world in your hands. Combine and customize teams of mutants through an epic series of battles to save mankind. Nice. Yeah, very good. Nice and short. Love the box art on the back and front. Killer. Really good box art mm-hmm. at the time. Both of them. It feels very modern, the games themselves, just in general. The box mm-hmm. art, the stories, the... As soon as I watched it, I I could envision myself playing it, which mm-hmm. I can't say for almost any of these games. <laughs> no, they were just trying to sell... They were very much just trying to sell the movie, which is what yeah. those games were doing. This one is trying to sell the game. Yeah. And this is what we get. We get these two box art, you know, the box art on the shelf. These games look like they're sequels to one another. It looks like one team had this vision of this game and story and everything, and that's what we got. So, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mike, hit us with the back of the case for X Men Legends Two. A common enemy calls for an uncommon alliance. Ooh, a little Marvel alliance. Uh, mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. A secret prophecy has fallen into Apocalypse's. Oh, Apocalypse's TM. Interesting. Apocalypse's <laughs> diabolic hands. Unite the X Men with their sworn enemy, the Brotherhood, and liberate Earth from the ultimate tyranny. More than a sequel, it's a bold new chapter for the X Men. Game Informer. <laughs> cool yeah that's uh yeah four players can play at any time really good multiplayer fun and if if you don't want to go back to this game to play uh x-men legends if you want a bit more of a marvel experience i highly recommend playing ultimate alliance one two and three now on switch three Mm -hmm. on switch at least but uh really fun experiences much like x-men legends just with more characters Anyway, Mike, we got one more game to cover today, which is a little bit different. Not quite an X-Men game, but we, we thought it fit here perfectly. Yes, we thought we might as well put this in here. Yeah, funnily enough, it's called Marvel Nemesis Rise of the Imperfects, and it was released on September 20th, 2005, which was the same day as Legends 2. <laughs> Yeah, no, but that. <laughs> good call. No, not a good plan. Developed by Nihilistic Software, published by EA, also on PS2, PSP, Xbox, and the DS. Priced at around 20 bucks today, it rates 2 out of 5. This is another 3D fighter. And it's not to be confused with Resident Evil Nemesis. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of these 3D fighters. Uh, it definitely looks like uh, Next Dimension in, in a way, yeah. but um, just with Marvel characters. Uh, it looks a bit... Injustice-y. Very injustice This one is a bit more injustice than X-Men, Nemesis, uh, X-Men Dimensions was. I actually played this game as a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, I picked it up uh, from EB Games when I was 12 years old, I guess. Uh, I found it at e- EB Games Used or whatever uh, because it had Spider-Man on the cover. And at this point, right. I was playing anything and everything that had Spider-Man <laughs> in it, not knowing what it was. I didn't know it was a fighter. I didn't know what the story was, nothing about it. Just Spider-Man was on the case and Venom is on the back. So there's two things right away that's sold me. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just a 3D fighter. You're going through the story. There's there's uh, there's Nemesis characters, which are kind of like, or sorry, there's imperfect characters, which are like these sort of science experiments characters that are made by this weird scientist dude. 
Uh, I'm not going to get too far into it, but you get to play as a whole bunch of Marvel characters. I already said Spider-Man and Venom are there, but you also play as a few of the uh, X-Men, such as Wolverine and Magneto are there. They've also got some Fantastic Four characters like the Human Torch and the Thing. And you're just you're just basically fighting in this 3D area until the other guy dies. It's very simple, yep. <laughs> very button mashy, ton of fun as a young kid. Going back to it now, a little bit rough. Yeah, I will say the graphics actually look quite good mm -hmm. for its time. Yeah. Um, although the cutscenes graphics look way worse. So yeah. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> no, I don't know either. But there's like really cool. I watched on YouTube before recording this, like the taunts. Each character has like a taunt that they say before you fight. Like, you know, Spider-Man okay. comes in and goes, oh, I don't got much time for this or whatever. I, it's not really very interesting at all. Like Venom <laughs> says, like, I'm going to tear you apart and eat your insides or whatever, you know, Venom things. And yeah. uh, like that was always really interesting. And I, I played the story of this game when I was a kid and, and played the multiplayer a little bit against friends, which wasn't a ton of fun to play against someone who mm. could also think and play games because they're like this, this is just a and b it's, it's, <laughs> there's no combos like it's just button mashy until the other guy falls but it's really fun to play on your own i think it's it, i mean it looks fun it looks like a, a decent game i know i the one thing I, I do know the most about this game is the partnership between ea and marvel that only lasted two years i think do you want to talk about that a little bit neil yeah, that's right. There was like this weird EA and Marvel uh, partnership formed in 2004, ended in 2006. They released a six-issue comic book limited series. Uh, it was published by Marvel, and it was based on the Marvel Imperfects, uh, this game. Basically, it was a tie-in. Mm -hmm. The comics were published from 2005 to 2006 with that video game tied in there right in between. And then it ended very suddenly, that uh, yeah. that deal. I'm not quite sure why. I'm, I'm assuming because the game did terribly <laughs> <laughs> um, because yeah you are right imperfects are ea characters mm -hmm. uh, that are technically canon in the marvel universe yep but really just only um appeared in these games and that's it one game i'm assuming that or they this game yeah, yeah they definitely ea they want to make games that are annualized like they've got their battlefield franchise and then with fighters even you want that to be something that you can make again and again obviously yep. we've seen street fighter and mortal Kombat now for the last 30 years injustice published by dc and warner brothers uh, is not quite annualized, but at least has sequels. When this game came out and basically fell flat on its face, uh, I don't <laughs> think that EA saw enough money that could come in from it, so they probably no. cut that deal sooner than was intended. But yeah, it is cool that out of this, they got these random characters that were actually somewhat interesting. I remember them being very horrifying almost. They were sort of like uh, Bane from yeah from batman and robin though that type of thing but like you know where they had the venom going in and out of them and they looked like they were dying they were they, their characters names were like brigade fault zone hazmat johnny ohm uh, and these zombie like characters very tim burton-esque it was pretty neat actually just this gothic twist to a marvel character it was neat yeah i i, I did enjoy like again i'd never played this game so i was watching footage of it and i enjoyed the the character designs mm -hmm. and and you know they were different they were interesting they definitely could could tie well into an x-men universe mm -hmm. but uh yeah just it, it's kind of a shame nothing materialized of it but i get why yeah me too and like i said i picked this up on gamecube years ago just for something to do to play as spider-man for a bit which was fun i also picked it up on <laughs> psp i found it uh, at a uh, giant tiger not giant tiger sorry uh value village uh used for like four bucks bought it <laughs> and it is not as good as the gamecube version it's rough yeah 
you know, as a 12 year old kid, it's, it's trying yeah. to appeal to them. And uh, it makes sense. I, I'm surprised I actually didn't get it, but maybe I'm assuming because I got um, ultimate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. My parents were probably like, we're not going to give you another 2005 Marvel <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. I guess. I mean, I was buying my own video games at this point with uh, gift card money. So, Ooh, yeah. Oh, that sweet, sweet <laughs> birthday gift. Day mo- bur- bur- gift. Wow. That sweet, <laughs> sweet, that sweet, sweet birthday gift card money. There we go. Mm-mm. So good. I don't have too much else to say about it. I mean, it's a fun game where you unlock characters from the Marvel Universe and fight against each other, but uh, just a moment in time in the Marvel. Yeah. Just, you know, EA had this random partnership with Marvel before Disney. Very fun. Exactly. All right. I'm going to hit you with the back of the case, and then we'll close out the episode. Mike, what do you think? Sounds good. Clash of the Superheroes. Battle with 18 superheroes from six families, including a powerful new group, the Imperfects. Unleash the devastating superpowers unique to each character. Your surroundings are a weapon in fully destructible battle environments. Save the Earth in a single-player storyline unrivaled by any fighting game. That was also something that was kind of cool, was the environments you could use as weapons, like cars and barrels, and certain characters could pick up certain things because of their strength, which was neat. Like kind of remind me of uh, Godzilla uh, destroy all monsters, just like the environment being like destructible. It's exactly like that. And I also liked when like playing as like Electra was in there and then she's fighting Venom. It's like, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's that feels a little bit mismatched. Mm -hmm. And on the cover, you had three Marvel characters and three Imperfects. So a lot like Marvel versus Capcom and and all of those types of games. But definitely something that like if you had action figures as a kid and you loved pretending to have them fight, it was something like that. Having a little toy box. (laughs) Yeah. But Mike, I guess, you know, closing out the X-Men episode here, where do you see X-Men games going forward? I mean, we haven't seen a a true X-Men game probably since that Wolverine Origins game on PS3 and Xbox 360. We obviously see lots of superhero games like Spider-Man and there's the new Avengers game and there's the Lego games, of course. But do you think that when we start to see X-Men movies again in theaters, do you think we'll see video games again? I think it really depends on what direction they decide to go with X-Men because I know at one time, like in the late uh, 2000s, they were going to go with the Origins uh, route. They were going to give everyone an Origins movie. Hmm. Like that was the idea. Yeah. That's why it was called Wolverine Origins and he was going to be like the Uh, test run. Okay. Um, Because they do have a couple of canceled projects. One of them was Gambit and the Gambit Origins and um, a couple of others as well. Uh, I'm not sure if my needle was there, but a lot of that ended up being used for first class. Okay. Um, but so, yeah, if they go that route, it would be very interesting to kind of see some some standalone, like not Wolverine game, but mm-hmm. like, a, I don't know, a, a, a Storm game, a Cyclops game. Yeah. I could see those being small games that you kind of dole out, whether those are mobile games, whether mm-hmm. those are add-ons to maybe a Marvel Ultimate game coming, but it's hard to picture them doing a, an actual X-Men game, although I would really love them to do it. I, I can't see that being in the cards, like a Legends-type game, basically. No. I Well, I think we'll see some more of those Ultimate Alliance games. I think we yeah. might see a fourth one, possibly, with uh, on Switch. But in terms of just an X-Men standalone video game, I don't even think we're going to see any of these games up on the new consoles because... Nope. Activision pulled them all from storefronts. So I think... Well, Disney pulled them from storefronts. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Good point. But yeah, I, I don't see... I, I'm getting very tired of Origins, games, movies, everything. Like I think yes. I think we can move on from that now, unless it's a character that we really don't know. Like Cyclops, who, by the way, I think we can all agree Cyclops has the worst power of all the X-Men, right? Yeah, he. he it's like his power is too too good so he has to make it like not good yeah and he has to live in basically hell for his entire life yeah Yeah, it kind of sucks yeah but 
Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd love to see an X Men, a cool X Men game come out, sort of like mm-hmm. Batman Arkham, the Arkham games. But I don't want to see Wolverine again. I don't know who, but like a Nightcrawler game would be really fun. But who's gonna buy that, right? I know that's that's the thing. It could be a little I, game. It doesn't have to sell to yeah. billions of people, you know. I could I could see. It's funny. One thing I was thinking of while I was playing Jedi Fallen Order, which was a game that I was like, yeah, this is okay. But I I could see X Men being something like that. A, a new X-Men game where you 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 start off as a random mutant uh, who got exiled or oh, something happened to them. Okay. They can't, they don't know their memory, uh, you know, so they have to kind of piece together what happened to them. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you eventually decide to go with like the Brotherhood or with uh, the Academy. Uh, so I could see, like, I think that would be a really cool route to go mm-hmm. is to become your own mutant, especially with the way like the new mutants that just, came out coming out i don't know the that movie clearly they want to go with this route of of creating some some different mutants and different characters to try and market off um, um, make bank off of basically mm-hmm. and i think it would be a really cool idea to go with the fallen order uh route mm-hmm. you could pretty much do the exact same story again i just realized how similar the two storylines are with with <laughs> yeah. star wars having that sort of genocide of jedi and then all the jedi either going into hiding or being killed it's the same story with x-men how all the x-men are sort of killed by the uh the sentinels and it's the same thing like you could be just this x this mutant who's hiding uh yeah. as a as a worker on some in some random city on earth and you yeah you, you find the brotherhood or you find the x-men yeah i guess that's one way to do it uh yeah but Mike, if you had to recommend one of these games that we talked about today, which one would you uh, recommend the listeners pick up? I think it would have to be Legends. I think this game is just really terrific and so well done and so modern. You could easily play this today. It's probably one of the few games. I mean, we always obviously will recommend a game that we really like, that we still enjoy. But I, I feel oftentimes it's rare to get a game that is very, very playable today. And I think Legends is that game. Yeah, it's so accessible because it's just simple. It's a top-down game, cel-shaded graphics, basic controls, multiplayer, and the characters you already know going into it. So I'm going to have to just echo exactly what you said. X-Men Legends would have to be the way to go. Even though I do have nostalgic feelings towards the Imperfects, Marvel Nemesis, I don't think you should go and pick that game up right away. (laughs) Definitely Legends. And if you like that, Legends 2 just seems like such a cool little combo pack to pick up and play for quite a long time actually i think the games range between 20 and 30 hours so they're not they're they're long games Mm -hmm. yeah uh i always so before the episodes i always watch long plays i'll put them on the background just to get a feel just get a understanding of the games if i don't know them that well sure and they're often maybe four to six hours and i think the legends one was like 11 hours and that was part one wow (laughs) (laughs) so that was like the longest i've ever seen uh Mm -hmm. for for a let's play I love it when Let's Plays are very short, like the entire playthrough, and it's two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I know all I need to know for this game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Legends, definitely go pick that one up for sure. Mike, before we close out this episode, why don't you let the listeners know what they can expect on episode 35 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. On episode 35, we are going to be doubling down on winter because we are talking about the 1080 Avalanche games yes. and SSX. Ooh, sweet. Love it. Can't wait. We're really excited for that. Um, so we will be talking about SSX 3 and SSX on tour because we had already talked about uh, SSX Tricky. Um, also saying SSX 
uh, not easy many times not easy and also makes you sound like you have a lisp yeah <laughs> we might de- maybe we'll develop one after a while <laughs> yeah that's a not a not an easy word to say but they're yeah, letters uh, they're not that's not a word <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but yeah we are doing that for it uh it'll be the one year um and not anniversary the one year countdown i guess mm-hmm. until the 2022 winter olympics if those happen if, if those happen so yeah. that that's uh that was our our reason for doing it now, and obviously because of the winter and mm-hmm. snowboarding and all around us. And yeah, I know Neil, you love 1080. Uh, that's like you are like the biggest fan of 1080 that I what know. What does that mean? Snowboarding is all around us. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying. To say, <laughs> I'm just trying to go with the flow. Okay. You're walking down the street, people just <laughs> snowboarding just past snowboarding you. Snowboarding everyone. <laughs> it's mayhem out there. No. <laughs> No, you're totally right. Snowboarding, good time of year to be talking about it. I, unpopular opinion, always hear people talking about SSX, mostly because it's so tied with PlayStation 2, but in 1080 Avalanche is the way to go for me. I'm so excited to talk about it, but it's going to be a good <laughs> and we're time. We're going to have Brennan and Allie, friends of the show, they will be mm-hmm. on to talk about this game, these games, and uh, Neil, you can argue with them about which is the better franchise. For sure. I will be excited to do that. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 34 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcast services. Leave us ratings and reviews so we can make our show better. We're the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. Follow us on Instagram at the GameCube Pod. Check out our new website, thegamecubeiscool.com. Share us with your friends, family, and of course, Patrick Stewart. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. Take care. Bye. GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. Product of what happens when you think inside the box. Okay.